0: Hey, look, if you got an ailment and one is not enough, you can always go sit in the urgent care waiting room and get yourself a bonus disease. That's what I did. I went to go. I did some deadlifts. uh, Got a little too intense. Got some bursitis in between my knuckles. That's a thing. You can actually do that. And, uh... Yeah, it started to hurt. Been a month, so I was like, I got to get this checked out. So I went and got it checked out. Uh, got a cortisone shot in the ace for a little anti-inflammatory action. Got a little topical gel uh, for the same thing, a two-pronged approach to bursitis. And they had this ginger oaf day laborer with mud on his boots in there, coughing up the lobby, and he gave me a bonus disease. So, I'm getting over that. A little bit of a rough ride. But you never know what's going to be, you know, a blessing in disguise. Uh, Well, it wasn't awesome, but a lot of times when something that you you classify as bad happens... Something really good can come out of it, and you wouldn't have foreseen that. That's why it's good just not to attach too much, invest too much in whether something was the outcome that you wanted or not. So since I was sick, I spent a lot of time thinking. I spent a lot of time thinking about that. I got a tattoo recently. that I was forced to live up to. And that's always funny and ironic because, you know, I wanted to show stoicism some love and my brother became a tattoo artist. Shout out to Black Magic Ink. He does the best shading ever. And um, I was down there, drove up to Lafayette and just played some video games and got some fresh ink with my dude. And I wanted to show stoicism some love because... <clears throat> it's done so much for me, and I want it front and center, visually, to remind me of the mindsets that help me be the best version of myself. And a lot of my tattoos have to do with mindsets and where I was in my philosophical journey or my travels. Or So, <clears throat> I got this hourglass, and the top has three ships at sea that are in a storm. And the bottom of the hourglass has culminated into a skull at the bottom of the ocean. And it says on the top, love, and on the bottom, fate. Amor fati in Latin. Love fate, or lover of fate. And this is a stoic concept. And what this means is, don't be too attached to the particular outcome that you desired because you really don't know how it's going to end up. Some of the best things that have happened to me were the result of something that I at first didn't want to happen. Yeah. And things. Add. Life has a way of giving you what you need. And if you don't believe that, you can phrase it like this. It's really about how you frame things. You can make an opportunity out of a failure. For sure. Because the only constant is change. Everything's always in flux. Uh, And that's the only way that opportunities do arise. Is for things to change. You know. And they will. So it's good to be a lover. A lover of fate. And not try to fight it. Because if you try to fight mentally or with your resources or physically against life's constant unforeseen outcomes and changes in direction to your wishes and desires, man, it's gonna be a really a rough life. And right after I got this Amor Fati lover of fate tattoo, <laughs> I got I got the bonus disease. So so pretty miserable. And I had to Suck it up. I just put it on my arm. Suck it up, dude. Find an opportunity in the crisis. You know? And, and I did. I used it to think. I used it to be introspective. Since that's really all I could do, I did a lot of it. And... <clears throat> I came to... I thought about... Hesitating. Hesitating. And when I was younger, I used to have this philosophy that never hesitate. You know, Uh, the time is always now. Get in there. Get it done. Don't waste any time. Be active constantly. Fill all the dead space with activity. Get it, get it, get it. And a lot of that maybe was why I was so hot-headed. There was a period of time in the navy when I when I served aboard the, the USS Kitty Hawk, <clears throat> forward deployed aircraft carrier out of Yokosuka, Japan, when I was such an angry young man that people called me anger. And and sometimes I would perceive insults when there there weren't any. Or I would, I would, I had this thing about I didn't want anybody to alpha dog me, you know. I don't bully anybody. I'll be damned if anybody bullies me, you know. Get some, and and so I would respond, you know, with a lot of force of personality when I thought that somebody was trying to diminish me to make themselves seem larger, which does happen. But um, you know, half the time it wasn't even happening. It was just me being touchy and having a chip on my shoulder. had I hesitated and let the anger simmer down and let my rational uh, faculties take over, I would have been able to make a more accurate assessment of this situation. So hesitating would have been the right thing to do. And I've been hesitating a lot lately. Not hesitating out of fear, but hesitating out of wisdom. Like, okay, I might have taken this the wrong way. I'm just going to calm all the way down. Just maybe think about something else and then come back to this and then address it. And then if I still feel the same way, once the anger is gone and my ego is not so involved, I'll readdress it and then I'll handle it the right way. And I will say probably more than nine times out of ten, it wasn't the situation I made it out to be in my head when the tensions ran high and it just isn't and it's been really beneficial for me to mellow out over the years take the long view calm down and see what's actually happening so if i could go back and give uh angry young Seth some advice that's what I would I would tell him I'd I'd tell him to hesitate hey man especially when you when you get mad kid hesitate hesitate wait and see chill all the way out and then so the stoics called anger a form of madness it's almost like getting very very drunk you can't make accurate assessments of the situation you get you activate that lizard brain you know lizard brain just says fight flight mate eat you know it's very basic functions and when you're stressed out your prefrontal cortex the one where you have your higher order thinking your critical thinking isn't online your survival brain is running the show And its only job is to protect you. It does nothing for your relationships with other people. It is horrible at interpersonal dynamics. It's awesome for survival purposes and for fighting your way out of things or escaping danger or finding food when you're starving or, you know... Vigorous survival activities, but it shouldn't be in charge when you're talking about making a life for yourself and that's and that's really what I learned is that i shouldn't I should hesitate, let that lizard brain take a back seat, you know, tuck the dragon back, and let the real human make decisions and sit in the cockpit and just wait till wait till it's all. It's all calm. And then see if I feel the same way. Most of the time, I don't. You know, so the amor fati, lover of fate, that, that's me not forcing things. Not forcing things. Sitting back and, and seeing if my version of reality matches what's really going on. And sorry to say, a lot of times in the past, it did not. It was all my fault. You know? Picking fights where they don't need to be. Uh, Unearned swag. (laughs) Stuff like that. I see young guys doing it now. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to watch dudes brag, to watch them get amped up, to watch them... Um, just have these ostentatious and grandiose displays of anger that they think other people view as uh, powerful. But the Strong aren't impressed by ostentatious and grandiose displays of anger. They feel sorry and embarrassed for people... When they make a display like that, I do now in retrospect, knowing how I must have looked when I was jumping to conclusions. You know, that's not manly. That's boy stuff. You know, that's kid behavior. A man can overcome himself, or a man, a person of a mature person can do that. They can police the ugliness in their own hearts and create value in the world. If I can if I can police my own ugliness, I know that I can add to any given situation. That I'm not gonna be the one that's creating a problem. And so we're gonna try to do more of that. Trying to be you know, be a better listener be, I'm I'm extroverted and excitable, and extroverted people are excitable, and they'll cut other people off when they're talking, maybe not because they're trying to be dominant, or dominating, or domineering, but just because they feel like, you know, they got that high speed, loud ADD going, and if they don't express that thought at that moment, three seconds later, they might not ever find it again, and that's true, you know, I am like that a lot. But I've been trying to tone it down because I don't want to make other people uncomfortable. And people feel bad when you cut them off and they won't want to talk to you. <laughs> you know, it's not as bad. Like I said, when I was younger, it was it was, it was pretty bad. But, um, you know, I'm trying to warm people up, not melt them down. If you come in too hot, you come at people too intense, then they're going to turn around and run the other way because really that's just a form of neediness and being needy makes everybody cringe so even if it appears high energy high energy neediness is even cringier you know so it's better again to hesitate that's my my new motto always hesitate Make sure reality matches the perception. A lot of times it doesn't. You know? So, yeah. So, got that tattoo. Had to live up to it. I figured I might as well and, and did a lot of thinking about it and what that means to be a lover of fate. And they call this many different things, too. Uh, amor fati is a Latin phrase that applies to Stoicism, but this is universal wisdom that can be found throughout the world in many different self-improvement constructs. Like Christianity calls it a blessing in disguise. Oh, had that never happened to me, I never would have met the love of my life. Oh, You know, good thing I got that surgery when I did. Because if I'd have waited another year, they'd have had to take the limb. You know, whatever. You just don't know. You don't know. It could could be bad now and turn out better in the future. We have no way of knowing. So it's good just to love the outcome you have. The outcome that we're provided with. Play the cards. Play the hand you're dealt. You could say amor fati. That's stoic. Blessing in disguise from the Christians, you know, play the hand you're dealt, from vice-ridden gamblers on (laughs) riverboats, you know, Uh, the Chinese call it wu-wei, you know, non-action, don't strive against nature, what has happened, has happened and is happening, now what are you going to do about it? You know? You can't wish it was different. It's not gonna be different. I mean you can, but then you'll just be making yourself miserable. So to be a lover of fate. That is today's theme, and that's what I've been thinking about while I was sick this entire time. <clears throat> it's good to be introspective. Yeah. Uh examine things especially when that's all you can do. And questions. Just asking questions. It's odd that if you really want people to like you, telling them things is least likely to do it. It's bad to talk at people. Then they won't want repeat business. But if you ask people questions, A... You form a bond with them because they want to tell you the things that they are passionate about, and they want to share their expertise because that is it, things that have value to them. Also, you know, not a lot can bad can come from asking questions. Questions, questions create answers, and that's how we become learned individuals. I mean, the more curiosity is a priority and ego takes a back seat, just the more well-rounded as a person we will become. You know, I found that too. I just like more than ever now to to hear people talk about what they're passionate about. It's almost like you can just be at a free TED Talk all day. You know, if you want to fill an awkward, dead space... Just ask people about the fundamentals of whatever they're into. And pretty soon, that awkward, what was awkward will no longer be awkward. It'll be smooth. I mean, the interpersonal dynamics are a very, like, uh, touchy thing between people. Some people have a natural flow. And it's instant, and it will always be that way. Some people just do not understand where each other are coming from, and that's never going to change. And <clears throat> it's not natural when someone has to carry the conversation. But try that out, and it will make it less awkward. Yeah, know? Um, people's favorite subject is, well, themselves. And that's natural. I'm not going to hate on anybody for that. But... It's also the things that they are wrapped up in, the things that they think matter. And if you take the time to see what matters to someone, you might get a friend for life out of a conversation you had at a bus stop, grocery store, Um You just never know how many cool people there really are out there until you make a real concerted effort uh, to get to know somebody. Uh, Social media has not done us any favors as far as increasing... uh, It's increased our interactions with one another, but it's only increased the surface interactions we have with one another. There's no eye contact, there's no body language, there's no... Uh, nuance, you're not working on a project together, or you're not, maybe have a common goal, doing something with people physically, and showing up and making that eye contact, and asking them questions about their life, will make you more popular. I mean, not that that's the goal, but it's weird that the more someone wants to be popular, the more they try to impress people. And when they try to impress people, they try to tell people their exploits and accolades. I did this, I'm this, I did that. So-and-so the other day was like, wow, man, how are you so awesome at that? And I was like, well, you know, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody. Nobody wants to hear it. That makes people just look at their watch. They just cannot wait to get away from you. Where, you know, you look at a picture on somebody's desk and you could say something as as innocuous as, man, how long ago was that taking? And they will just launch right into it. You know, you can learn a lot by asking questions. And If a conversation is going to an uncomfortable place, you can reroute it by asking questions as well. And you can lead it to a different destination. And that is a very, very useful skill. You know? Because I'm one of those people, I don't know why people do this. Maybe I'm just chatty and that's probably it. But somebody down on their luck will want to tell me their life story. And man... I can get it a lot. So I had to learn how to escape. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had to learn how to escape, but I had to learn how to steer it into a different direction. And I honestly do want to help. So if I can help, you know, I'll listen for a little while, but man, I don't want a stranger telling me all 17 of their ailments and about bunions and stuff at all. I don't. You know, so I had to learn how to re- reroute the conversation. So. It does also give you a form of control over how the direction that a conversation is headed. <clears throat> you know, a little bit of verbal judo. You know, that's another way to go with the flow. So, yeah, that and and I'll tell you what else really helps matters of perception sleep. I've been looking at the science of sleep and listening to podcasts by sleep experts. This guy from Oxford. (laughs) I heard him speaking on sleep. And he said that people who are underslept, meaning six hours or less regularly, have a hard time telling the difference between people initiating banter because they want to include you and people being mean. And I can completely see that being true. If I'm underslept or like when I was sick and somebody takes does me a little gentle ribbing, they'll be like, Hoo-hoo. you know, they'll they'll poke at me because they want me to go back and forth with them and because they want my companionship. It's easy to take it wrong, and apparently it's scientifically proven that it's easy to take it wrong when you're underslept, and I can testify to that for sure. Also, weird little factoid, uh, that someone who gets less than six hours of sleep regularly or has a lot of broken sleep has the testosterone of someone 10 years their senior. That's right. So a 40-year-old guy who is staying up late playing video games all the time and then he's got to get up early and go to work and, and he's just underslept or, I don't know, let's say he has anxiety. In any case, he will have the testosterone of a 50-year-old man, you know, even though he's 40. And that is, <clears throat> that made me prioritize sleep a little better. As a personal trainer and a martial artist and just somebody who wants to have more daily energy and be vigorous uh i gotta tie i gotta prioritize my natural testosterone production. You know, it boosts testosterone production, boosts your immune system, it helps you heal, it helps you be more decisive. There are a lot of benefits to that hormone. It's a, an important neurotransmitter for a reason, and I want it to have the correct homeostasis for my chronological age category. That is just being healthy. So prioritizing sleep is is, is big for me now. And it's 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 done a lot. It's done a lot for my social skills. Part of the reason that I have the ability to hesitate. And see what's up. And not just to act instead of react. You know. <clears throat> it's funny I've heard these things my whole life. Whenever I was doing Kenpo. Uh, that's that martial art that I said that's sort of a mix of Filipino, Kung Fu, and Karate. Uh, the two symbols are the tiger and the dragon. And that's from Kung Fu. And they were saying, in your beginning levels, you are the tiger. You are striving to be strong, quick, fierce, and reactive. Deadliness is your goal and your only goal. You need to master the physical side of it. And then the dragon, uh, the tiger is earthly. And that's all your colored belt levels. And when you get into the black belt, you should see the dragon peeking from the clouds. And the dragon is higher order thinking. The dragon hesitates because it fears what its power can do to others. Not like the tiger that just lashes out. Like, you need the tiger phase in order to become a competent martial artist. Or else, you can't defend yourself and you're just a, you're just phony. You're fake. Right? But once you achieve that physical proficiency and that confidence, and you take it to the next level, and you are supposed to become the dragon. And the dragon is that lover of fate. The dragon is that higher order thinker. And uh, it fears what its power can do to others. It sees clearly from the sky. And has a bird's eye view. Dragon's eye view. So it it can assess big pictures. Big situations. It's not in it to win it emotionally, immediately. It's deferred gratification. The tiger's an instant response. It's that lizard brain. The dragon is that prefrontal cortex. It's that critical thinking. The real human. Mankind. And um... So yeah, I was thinking about... That was my, my uh, main topic of, of thought. Since I got that bonus disease... Um, I figured I'd make it a bonus. I'll make it work for me. You know? And, uh... Live up to my ink. So... Yeah. Hesitate. In our culture, it's not cool to say that. You know? You know? Rise and grind. Hashtag rise and grind. Hashtag get that bread. Hashtag, you know... Ah, Man, I got a love-hate relationship with that stuff because I do like proactivity. Being proactive, I do. I have a love affair with proactive people, proactive mindsets. But man, that just seems disingenuous in a lot of ways and also obnoxious. Like People that really just drive that home on Instagram are... It's just another way to say look at me, look at me, look at me. You know, I'm doing so much, look at what I'm doing. Aren't I awesome? And that's really the opposite of what I'm trying to achieve at this point in my life, <laughs> you know. Like I like tangibles, man. If that work, if that work translates to income, you know, and I'm able to provide for my family better, so be it. Get that bread. So, I agree with it and also really disagree with it. You know, we gotta know when to be inactive. You know. You know, the animals in nature huddle and, and do nothing in the rainstorm because that's the right thing to do. You wanna run out there, drown, get struck by lightning? It's not the right time. The right thing to do is hang back. The right thing to do is hang back until it's clear. And that applies you know to today's theme, physically with the animals in the rainstorm, and mentally uh once that angry fog clears the madness of anger and uh and emotionally, you know get a little more sleep, let your default filter be the right filter, give yourself a chance. You know, get some sleep, and you'll be a better version of yourself. It's really giving yourself a chance to shine that day if you prioritize sleep. You know. Yeah. Questions create answers. Always hesitate and love faith, no matter what the outcome is. And that is it for Episode 4 of the Seth Says Podcast. Thanks, everybody.